What's up, everyone out there, and welcome back to Cork Stats here on the Mayo Media Network with your host, John Legaza, Big Johnny Stud, coming to you worldwide from Brooklyn, New York, as always, everyone. How we doing? I know, I know, I know. They didn't get a deal done. We're going to miss a couple games. But, 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 we can't let that flatten our resolve because I firmly believe there will be games being played, and you bet your ass I'll be ready when they do. So, we got to stay on the positive, let other people be sad, start pouting, let their work suffer. That's not going to be us. That's not our style. That's not how you stay on top of the game. you got to keep the tools sharp. I really think we're going to have a deal sooner than later. The PR is so ridiculous. There's so much money being lost. I mean, the press is just awful. Anyway, enough of that. We need more of this. Everybody, please hit the like button and make sure you subscribe to the Mayo Media Net. Pretty please check out the baseball playlist, that fantasy baseball picks and bets playlist starring yours truly. We have been hitting it hot and heavy, running through top end pitching rankings, arsenal dissections, ranking the top hitters, 1v1 player debates, then sleepers and bust videos, all types of cool stuff. And then we started doing, I don't want to say ranking videos by position, I think. That can come off a little bit vanilla. Everyone does rankings. We can get that information anywhere. What I like to do is push it just a little bit further how we can apply our perception of value, let's say, by taking projected dollar returns, pitting that up against ADP. We're going to chart that. We're going to plot that on a chart for you to help identify potential values. Today, we'll be diving into outfielder one. So the top 12 outfielders, this will be interesting as well. There's a ton of outfielders that we're going to have to get to eventually. So we'll do it 12 at a time. But then when we're done, we're going to circle back and apply the value method again to the macro. So right now, it's a bit of the micro. We're going to be looking a bit at a time because I really do want to apply to people. You know, I want to appeal to people in 8, 10, and 12 team leagues. It's really important to make the right decisions to make sure that you're moving the chess piece in the right direction, that everyone is playing 50 round, 15 teams, high stakes games like I am. But knowing the back of that player pool helps you make the decisions up front. And if you're curious what I'm talking about, check out any of the sleeper videos that I mentioned before. And one more bit of nice news for me, if you want to see any more of my work, you can check me out on the Quark Stats YouTube channel as well. I also just got hired by The Athletic and I'll be featured in the draft kit. We already started pounding out a few articles Really cool stuff. It's very cheap to hop on. And, you know, I try to make it worth the cost of admission. I've already laid out my entire favorite starting lineup outside of the 15th round. So that also is really helpful for people, even in 10 or 12 team leagues. I walk you through not just the who, but the why with the rolling charts and all the cool stuff that you get when you come to Quark Stats, the nuance and the context. And it will give you an idea. You don't have to pick them all. You choose the players that you like. And now you know that's a position that you might be able to pass on earlier on. So let's get into today's exercise. Looking at the top 12 outfielders. Basically what we've been doing. We'll take a quick look in the rear view at last year. Then I'll bring up the Bat X projections. Which I prefer to use. Derek Hardy is not only extremely smart. I consider him a friend. But I think believe the Bat X is the most accurate offensive production projection system out there. He incorporates a lot of stat cats, cast metrics like myself, but it's more than just using Bowerade. I like to think we both draw up like a tapestry, you know, using these stats across different baskets. That's always how I go at it. So let's start there. We'll be looking at surface stats, which of course are important, but then discipline, elevation, and batted ball quality to get an idea of the underpinnings 
of the profile of these players. So let's dive on in to um to last year first. Sorry about the little blip there. Let's dive in to last year. Of course, by ADP and return, there are a lot of similarities. The best players tend to get drafted up front. That's Soto, Acuna, Harper, Tucker, Trout, Betts, Alvarez, Marte, Teoscar Hernandez, Cedric Mullins, and Aaron Judge are the first 12 pure outfielders going off the board. Last year, they were all Excellent. No one posted a batting average below 264. That was Mookie Betts. You got to be careful with Trout. The rate stats were there. The games played were not. If you're curious what I think about Mike Trout, we did a video on him in particular, just specifically focused on him and just how good he is on a per plate basis. That decision comes down to whether or not you believe you're going to get the plate appearances. Same to be said for Luis Robert, although look at the difference that the average into steals can make. Robert returned almost $26, playing in only 68 games. That was insane. Jordan Alvarez, for reference, returned $29, playing in 144 games. He had all the stats to boot. Robert and the 338 average, and of course, he had the six steals in only 68 games. He was really effective, of course. You get to factor in replacement value. So let's dive on back in, of course, batting averages, which are very important in Roto in particular across the board. You're going to get those. The same for runs, ranging anywhere from 70. That was Acuna, but in only 80 games, he was on a 135 pace, you know, ranging all the way up to Soto, who scored a buck 11 with. 313 average. You're going to get a lot of the counting stats and a lot of the average, and that's what I'm going to get at. And we don't need to go through all of the numbers themselves. We want to just be identifying the pockets. So counting stats across the board are going to be available until we hit speed. Now, speed, you know, say about it what you will. I believe it's scarce. I also believe it's disproportionately weighted. We've seen studies being done where Gosh, like one-third of all the steals in the draft go in the first two rounds or something. So for me, that says I want to get my steals within balance profiles, though. If you follow me on Twitter at MLB Moving AVG, MLB Moving Averages, then you know I like Miles Straw. He just happens to be my backup plan when I don't get steals early. A lot of this is slot dependent. So you're really getting steals from everybody up top except Mike Trout, except Jordan Alvarez, and to a lesser extent, Aaron Judge, although I do consider him more of a chipping kind of guy. You know, I do think Aaron Judge will give you four, five, or six, and do not scoff at that. Championships are won on the backs of the power hitters that can chip in four. If you have six power hitters that each steal you five bases, six times five is 30 steals at the end of the year. Go back in any Roto League that you participated in and add 30 steals and see where you went. It is truly impactful. I always try and stay away from taking zeros. My buddy Matt Williams at NBC Sports Edge usually says it's death by a thousand paper cuts. I firmly subscribe to that. Let's get back into the stats where, of course, they're all going to be really strong. Let's dive into discipline where now things start to differ, right, because of differing power metrics. So Juan Soto leading the pack with a minus 4.5% K minus walk. He walks more than he strikes out. Really just ridiculous stuff. The chase rate, everything firmly intact for Soto. It's why he's one of the best hitters in the game. Tucker has a low K rate. Betts has a low K rate. Marte has a low K rate. Mullins round out the hitters with sub 20% K rates. Acuna and Harper, Robert, those guys are going to get you in the low 20s, mid 20s where Teosco and Alvarez are, which really is fine. A lot of these disciplinary baskets are just fine. Even a guy like Harper and Trout that do have sub 80% in zone contact rates, their contact in general is still pretty good. The 
quality of that contact is so excellent. We're fine with them swinging and missing a little bit. We want them to be aggressive. Players like that often get walked. It doesn't really help us getting walked. We want those guys, you know, to hit the bing bong, the ding dong, and knock all those beautiful runs in. So keep aggressive um, natures in the front of your mind when we're getting into disciplinary baskets again at the front a lot of these guys are going to be very good now elevation is something that also begins to differ quite a bit and depending on how much you weigh this stuff probably should affect what you think about home runs you know i'm particularly looking at you Juan soto who is easily my favorite ball player ever that's never worn pinstripes with the plus 50 percent ground ball rate you know how do you Man, how do you predict 35 or more home runs with a guy that hits a ball on the ground that much? And I say it's very hard. I know the quality contact is there. I know the line drives go screaming into the seats. But for me, a guy like Soto's power is capped. Something you've got to keep an eye on for me. He's more of a point league player and a best ball league player. For me, he's the number one player overall in those formats. I don't feel bad knocking my boy Juan Goto. If I'm probably passing on him in roto leagues where he's going just because i think you can get a better balance elsewhere but that's just part of the calculus you know acuna the fly ball rate is elite and tucker it's elite bets it's elite even mullins it's elite he had to switch he stopped switch hitting you know those are things that i like to look at because again i do think they're all going to be really good but up top we're looking for 35 38 or 40 home runs or more i want the underpinnings again i'm looking beyond just the outputs we want to look at the inputs again no shade on Juan Soto he is the man nothing would make me happier than to see him hit 40 home runs the last basket is the quality of contact and again generally it's going to be very good what you'd expect every single player here has a double digit barrel rate except Mookie Betts Stalling Marte and Cedric Mullins now that kind of makes sense now let's follow that line of thinking what we may sacrifice in power we should be making up in steals. Now, we absolutely get that with Starling Marte. I don't think there's any question. The same to be said for Mullins. I think he'll be running with the Orioles. What about Mookie Betts? I'm a bit worried about Mookie Betts. I mean, I, we've seen the hip be a problem. He did not have it surgery, right? He did not have a procedure on it. And I worry, as much as I love Mookie Betts, I mean, he's one of the best pure athletes perhaps on the planet. You ever see this guy like bowl 300 game, then do a windmill 360 dunk, and then hit a ball 400 yards you know 400 feet out to dead center really he's a remarkable human being but injured we need a lot from Mookie Bats. so that is one player that I've kind of circled where I've had some question marks about again right we if I'm worried about the speed and the power metrics these underpinning power metrics are not necessarily there he's a player I have to have circled for that reason other than that power metrics really just ridiculous guy like mike trout with the 580 expected woba on contact just ridiculous other players with plus 500x woba cards ronald acuna bryce harper and aaron judge the other guys you know alvarez and teoscar and robert really no slouch in the mid 460s but tucker and soto in the 440s mookie Betts was at 368 this year that is a bit of an issue again when we're looking for power and we're worried about speed i can tell you already i've got mookie bats red flag let's dive into the projections now these are Derek hardy's bat x projections again my favorite system i'm not going to beat you to death with it but it is important just to see all but i recommend that the audio only listeners i see you out there go and check the bat x projections you know what really stands out Soto and Harper, the only players projected for more than 100 RBIs. We've got Soto, Acuna, Harper, and Betts, the only players projected for more than 100 runs. We've got 
Soto, the only player projected for a 300 batting average, and Soto, Acuna, Harper, and Trout, Alvarez, and Judge projected for 36 home runs or more. Everybody projected for double-digit steals except for Trout, Alvarez, and Judge. Well, they do have Trout at seven. I don't think he's going to get there. And Judge is four. I think might be six. Alvarez at one is probably what it is. No player is projected to return less than $17. No player is projected to return more than 39 So there is a pretty tight clump. That player at the bottom there was Mullins. In a minute, we're going to get to that chart that I alluded to before. But it's always a good idea to keep your eye on the averages here. In particular, Mullins being projected for a 250 average. That's extremely low and a big part of the reason why his Blauer return is as low as 17. I think if you bump that up to 270, where other people think it will be, that dollar return is going to go flying because he's being projected for so many plate appearances. So remember, the more plate appearances you have, the greater your average will be reflected. So with Mullins at the top of a lineup that we think will be okay, right? The Orioles are not bad because the lineup is bad. The Orioles are bad because the pitching and the bullpen is bad. So I think you're going to get a lot of Pretty good averages. You know, who's to say that Marte's projected 275 doesn't wind up being 282 or the other direction of 268. So I don't like to go too nuts with averages because we just want to know that all of these players are being projected with plus batting average. Really important. A couple of other things that stand out to the downside. Marte and Mullins both being projected for less than 70 ribbies. Always things that I want to keep an eye on. Remember, there are five categories to contribute in. Not all first-round players are created equal. And that's kind of where I'm going. And if you follow some of my other pitching work, I'd like to combine some of that here. So if we're seeing a lot of, of outfielders kind of clumped together in that second tier and kind of separated up at the top, where, again, back to that pitching work, I like a lot of the second-round pitchers. You know, of course, Cole and Burns are in a league of their own. But guys like Wheeler and Max, Woodruff, Giolito, I've covered extensively. Please check out that work on either of the YouTube channels, like I mentioned. Get up in those comments. Let me know what you think. I like a lot of those guys a lot. So I have found in my own draft strategy, just to help you out with that if I can, that I've been going with the five-category contribution in the first round, including steals, then on the back end, looking for the pitcher. Though I would make the exception here for Teoscar. We do see him near the bottom of the list because this is listed by ADP. But we are getting the better than $20 return because of the 30 home runs. And the 10 steals, and I probably should have pointed that out as well. Teoscar Hernandez being projected for 87 runs and 87 ribbies and 600 PAs feels extremely low to me, Mr. Carney. I love you, but I do think that's extremely low. If Hernandez gives us 600 PAs in that lineup, atop that lineup, I think those are like 95 or better. And again, that would take the dollar value with you. The lesson there, people, is don't be afraid to buck the projections a bit. And then if you can, get your hands on a calculator, where if you adjust them, it'll tell you what the return will be. Now let's dive into the chart. Now that we've kind of looked backwards, and we've also looked forwards, right now, let's take a look at how the two things kind of mesh. I have everybody plotted left to right here, as before, and also plotted up and down with dollar amounts. So don't be too hung up on the line that you see. That's really just a general trend line, just to give us an idea of value. So if a player is on or right around the line, don't overact to it. We're looking for the outlier. So I think right along the line, we've got Soto, Acuna, and Harper right along that line. Probably exactly what you'd expect because of all the things that I mentioned. Those are also the reasons that I really prioritize those players 
that are projected for the mid $30 returns because I believe I can tighten the projected return in the second round with my pitcher. If you disagree, then you should go another route. But I just like to not only tell you why, how I do something, but why I do it as well. You see Tucker and Trout below the line with those mid 20 returns. You see Mookie Betts now, an outlier to the upside because of the 16 ADP. His draft position is sliding. His projections are pretty wild because he's being expected for the plus 30 home runs and the double digit steals with the 290 average. This is where Derek and I are in disagreement. We will see how this one shakes out. Again, I do not doubt the talent of Mookie Betts. I'm a bit worried about the health, and we've seen some pretty problematic underpinnings in the power basket. So with all those things said, I think we're asking for a lot for $35 from Mookie Betts. I probably have him down closer to the line, in line again, not a disastrous pick. I do not think Mookie Betts is a bust. I just have him closer to the trend line, where he's probably returning $25 or $26, where it's a little less impressive. Robert and Alvarez in line with the trend line, around 26 at the draft cost in the top 30, which is fully justified. Same for Marte and Teoscar. So according to the market and the plotting, outfielders are going at a fair price. And I think that's fine. Again, the outlier at the very end, Cedric Mullins. His return down below $17, but I explain why that is. We saw Mullins scrap pinch hitting. And when I believe when you do that, you become a totally different hitter. I talked about that in the Robert versus Mullins breakdown. I think Mullins with these projections is actually being undersold. So I think his $17 projection is a bit low. And if I end up with a top pick that is not a steal guy, meaning if let's say I have pick number five or six and end up with Garrett Cole, I'll be glad to go with Cedric Mullins on the wrap if Teoscar is not there. After that, Aaron Judge... The $26 return, really popping off the page at ADP 42. Now, I wanted to mention one more thing. I said before I will go through outfield one, outfield two, alpha three, and then we'll go back at the hole. But I wanted to highlight the fact, this fact, I should say. The top 12 outfielders in ADP are only 11 of 12 of the top returners in projected dollar value. And one outlier, if you're going by top return, is Nick Castellanos, which we will get to in the next outfield section. But I did want to highlight that to show how big of a return Judge is at 26, and Castellanos going at 26 as well. His ADP at 63 opposed to 42. So, you know, we'll get into further values, but I want to give you an idea of how much of an outlier that Aaron Judge $26 return is. In fact, no other... Outfielder is projected to return more than $26 until Luis Robert going at pick 18, judge at 42. That's a pretty big disparity in draft cost. So keep an eye on those Aaron Judge projections. I think my man is awesome. And now I really think that those that injury tag he was carrying is pretty much firmly in the rear view. I don't want to just say I'm buying into a yoga narrative. These guys are the premier athletes in the world taking a very serious art form very seriously. And now we've seen the results. Stanton and Judge looking limber, looking a little more slim. And again, they're playing every day. So to me, the proof's in the pudding. You give me a full season, in my opinion, you're healthy. So in conclusion, everybody, um, I hope you enjoyed you know the another outfield exercise, another positional exercise here and that it wasn't just a, a strict rankings, right? We don't want to just rank uh, first round hitters in particular, because what if your draft slot does not allow you to get them? You know, you have your heart set on 
Bryce Harper and he gets drafted early, we want to have a backup plan, right? So we always want to kind of keep our head on a swivel, our eyes downfield, you know, on the entire battlefield. If we could zoom up from time to time, we always, you know, I mentioned micro and macro and we want to be right like the eyeglass guy, camera one, camera two. We always want to be changing our point of view, that perspective as far as time frame goes to get an idea of how things may be changing as the draft board progresses. So I hope everybody enjoyed it and got an idea of how to, you know, look backwards and then also look forwards and then maybe try and mesh the two, but also to use projections and then not be afraid of bucking up against them. There are actually quite a few projections here today that I, I don't agree with as much as I agree with the bat as a whole. So I think that also is really important to be able to hold kind of simultaneous ideas that may not be completely congruent, right? We want to be able to hold dissimilar ideas simultaneously and that'll kind of keep us on our toes, right? We're not just looking for confirmation bias, why we may be right. We want to a lot of times understand how we may be wrong. Because when we go back and test these, the processes that got us here, that is really going to be a critical element of that. So everybody, keep your eye on these outfielders. I think you really want to get one way up top in almost any format. I myself am doing a dance when Bryce Harper falls into the back half of the first round. I'm not sure why it's everything he's a premier hitter in the prime of his career and he steals bases you're gonna get at least 10 steals from him. you could put 10 to 12 steals on the board for him who knows you could get a couple more i'm not buying the batting average up and down i think that is gone the way of the dodo as his discipline has increased through his career so a guy like bryce harper and that 36 dollar potential return in the back half is where you want to be going and then if not you know play the cost game, the opportunity cost game between pitchers and who you might like on the wraparound. Luis Robert, big time potential there if you happen to get a guy like Corbin Burns. That's a really good pairing first and second round. So thanks everybody. Hit that like button if you like what we're doing here. Check me out on Twitter. I'm going to post this chart. I know a lot of people have asked for it. That's why I'm coming forward pushing these positional things forward because a lot of people are enjoying it. And again, it's just a different spin. And I always like changing up perspective because, you know, we never know when we may learn something. That's usually the definition of a good day. So from big Johnny Stud, Mr. Mayo, our producer, Maddie Best, and everyone out there, thank you so much for your time. Hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe. Check out all the work. Check out the podcast, Cork's Death Podcast. Check out the Twitter machine. The Fire Hydrant is just open right now, and we are a fount. Check out my stuff at The Athletic and, you know, all that other good stuff. So, just remember, one last thing, when you work this hard, it feels so much less like luck, don't it? All right, everyone, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Yo. Peace.